Welcome to The Rock Flight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and today I'm going to pontificate on the recent acquisition of Sperry, the famed shoe brand, by Authentic Brands, a deal that was announced last week, and also question... When does a brand cross the line from being authentic to its founding values and core customers to just another maker of stuff? So stick around if you want to expand your mind. Before we get to that, though, I need you to do me a favor. Right now, while I'm speaking, pull your phone out of your pocket, open up that podcast app you're using, and lightly but firmly tap follow to subscribe to The Rock Fight. And then the next time we chat, I'm going to ask you to hit five stars and write a review that simply says, Colin is awesome. But we'll get to that next time. Not right now. That's next time. Thanks for listening and subscribing. All right. Let's start the show. So last week it was announced that Authentic Brands is acquiring Sperry, maker of the famous Top Cider Boat Shoe from Wolverine, with most of the coverage of the acquisition being centered on Wolverine, given that brand's recent financial struggles and multiple rounds of layoffs. Currently, Wolverine is the parent company to brands like Merrill, Chaco, Sweaty Betty, and Saucony, among others, and the decision to part ways with Sperry was apparently a combination of declining revenue from Sperry, along with Wolverine needing to make some changes to right the ship, so to speak. This is all nothing new in the brand acquisition world. We'll likely see plenty more stories like this in the outdoor industry and just about every other industry over the rest of this year and beyond. What interests me in this story isn't the Wolverine part, it's the authentic brands part. Because Sperry is heading to a new home that is fucking loaded with outdoor and outdoor lifestyle brands. Here are some of the brands currently listed on Authentic Brands' website that anyone who listens to this podcast will definitely recognize. Airwalk, Aeropostal, Billabong, DC, Eddie Bauer, Prince, Quicksilver, Reebok, Rockport, Roxy, RVCA, Sperry, Sports Illustrated, Yes, the magazine, Sports Illustrated, Spider, Treetorn, and Volcom. And in addition to that, here are some other brands Authentic Brands also owns. Brooks Brothers, Barney's New York, Forever 21, Fredericks of Hollywood, Jeffrey Bean, Greg Norman, Juicy Couture, Izod, Lucky, Nautica, Van Heusen, and there are even more that I haven't even mentioned. I mean, holy shit, Authentic. In human-powered outdoor industry circles, what parent company do we talk about the most? Not Authentic, probably VF, right? Well, let's take a look at their portfolio by comparison. Again, according to their website, and these are all the brands, Vans, The North Face, Timberland, Dickies, Altra, Eastpac, Icebreaker, Jansport, Kipling, Napa Piri, Smartwool, and Supreme. Now, there's some outdoor royalty on that list, which is why VF garners the lion's share of conversation when it comes to big companies who own the brands that we discuss the most. But between the sheer amount of brands owned, its total revenue, and their overall business strategy... Authentic Brands has a much larger overall impact on our space. Last week on the magazine Glossy.co, there was coverage of the Sperry acquisition, and they laid out how Authentic deploys their assets with the greatest return coming through licensing. I'm going to read part of that article right now so you understand what Authentic actually does, and it's pretty impressive. I'll also link the article in the show notes if you want to read the whole thing. Okay, quote, as part of the deal, Authentic will be following a strategy it's taken with other brands in its portfolio like Vince and Reebok. Authentic will license the intellectual property of Sperry to its longtime partner, Aldo Group. Aldo, based in Canada and operating thousands of retail footwear stores around the world, will produce Sperry products, open and operate Sperry stores, and aid global distribution of Sperry products to their other wholesalers. Aldo similarly licenses other authentic brands like Brooks Brothers. 
This strategy has worked well for Authentic in recent years. In 2022, its licensing deals brought in more than $21 billion, according to the Global Licensers 2023 report, making it the third largest licensor in the world after the Walt Disney Company and Dot Dash Meredith. So VF might get the lion's share of our conversation, but Authentic is playing in the Disneys of the world, at least when it comes to licensing. So I'm rolling solo today, and to get much deeper into Authentic and their strategy, I'd need someone from Authentic or another more business-savvy individual to come on and break this down. But on the surface, it's super smart by Authentic. In most acquisitions in the outdoor space, you see the new parent company trying to replicate the history and lineage of outdoor brands to maintain those brands' heritage and authenticity. And if that doesn't work out, a brand can get damaged. In the case of Authentic, they partner with a licensor to take on the manufacturing and distribution, which I imagine will allow them to only worry about the brand piece. And this also goes to show why they're able to lowball athletes like Kalia Moniz after they acquired Roxy. They don't need athletes at all, really. It's not about proving that they're the preferred brand for the hardcore. It's about becoming a go-to brand for everyone. And this got me thinking about outdoor brands in general, and is there a line that gets crossed where they lose their authenticity with the community that raised them? Since Sperry is the brand of the moment, let's talk about them for a second. What do you know about Sperry? Who are they? What they're about? Well, here's the rundown. The first Sperry shoe came out in 1935 and was designed by Paul A. Sperry, who was a sailor. And one day out on Long Island Sound, Paul slipped on the deck of the boat he was on and went overboard. For his sake, I hope this all happened in the summertime. This experience made him want to come up with a non-slip shoe for boating. The story goes that as he was working on this project, he saw his Cocker Spaniel running down an icy hill without slipping. Wikipedia doesn't tell us the name of the Cocker Spaniel, which I find disrespectful, so I'm going to call the dog Sparky. So Paul took a closer look at Sparky's paws, discovered that Sparky's pads had traction-enhancing grooves in them, which he then mimicked in the natural rubber outsole of the shoe he was developing, a process called siping. Siping, which is still deployed today in other traction-enabled footwear and in other products like car tires, is the key to create friction in wet environments, thus solving the problem of Paul's sailor dives into Long Island Sound. The Sperry Topsider was released in 1935. It featured a canvas upper and a white, siped rubber outsole to prevent scuff marks on the decks of boats. Now, there's a lot more to learn about Sperry and their footwear, but we're talking about one of the most important brands in the history of outdoor products, one that solved real needs and became not only a sporting but fashion icon. The boat shoe design is iconic. When I was at Timberland in 2006, my fellow tech reps and I designed a sticker of our new hiking footwear destroying an old Timberland boat shoe. It was an attempt to translate to our audience that Timberland was actually a badass outdoor brand and not a lame boat shoe brand. And our boss was furious, and he taught us that the boat shoe, which was a direct ripoff of a Sperry Topsider, if we're being honest, was an icon that had led us to where we were and was not to be disrespected. This lesson of brand history, place, and how to expand and to pivot has stuck with me ever since. But my lesson doesn't get learned without Paul Sperry. And now the legacy of Paul Sperry is owned by a billion-dollar brand who's going to license the shit out of it, not because it's helping sailors stay upright on a deck, but to get more shoes on the feet of Brad's and Chad's everywhere. And okay, look, that's not fair. Sperry's been a Brad and Chad brand probably longer than it's been a technical footwear brand at this point. But to that exact point, when do the brands we love stop being authentic to why we fell in love with them? Our favorite outdoor brands are founded with a specific vision that results in specific products. That vision is usually the result of either one person or a small group of people, and the touch or vibe of the brand typically persists as long as that original person or group of people are running the brand. But once a brand is acquired, 
it's hard to keep that vision alive when the mission has moved from solve a problem for going outside to how do we make the most money possible with this thing while looking like we're still authentic. And there are definitely success stories here. I think the North Face, for example, has found a pretty incredible balance by continuing to provide good outdoor products while also becoming a force in the fashion world. And they are easily the best example of how to maximize becoming a mainstream brand while maintaining your outdoor mojo. Especially when you compare them to a brand like Marmot, who at one time seemed to be a contender for the Outdoor Gear and Apparel Championship belt, has been around for about as long as the North Face Patagonia and Timberland, but these days, they just carry no juice. Their various owners over the years have not been able to shepherd Marmot the same way the North Face has been shepherded. But back to the topic at hand, at this point, Sperry, they're just another fashion footwear brand. They don't need to stand up next to other functional shoe brands and have a technical reason for you to purchase them. Their name is all they need you to recognize when you're out looking for a pair of shoes to wear with pink shorts and no socks next summer. Wolverine chose selling Sperry to help get them out of the hole they were in. They didn't bounce Chaco or Saucony, and there was no way in hell they were going to get rid of the crown jewel Merrill. Boat shoes are always sort of in style, so I don't think it was a trend issue, but for whatever reason, the brand Wolverine acquired for a billion dollars 10 years ago wasn't working today. Was that a problem with Sperry? The consumer or the way Wolverine managed Sperry? Well, we're going to find out. Because authentic brands clearly saw an opportunity, and looking at their portfolio, it makes sense why they did. The brands they target are right there in the name of their own brand, Authentic. Because even if a brand isn't authentic to its founding values, it only really has to be authentic at the moment someone is shelling out some hard-earned cash at the register. Because in that moment, the brand, and of course the product, has resonated just the right way with the person who matters the most in any of these situations, the consumer. At any rate, let's check in on Sperry in the future and see how this move is working out for both Authentic and Wolverine. That's the podcast for today. I'd love to hear from you on the topic of brands, authenticity, products, what matters the most. Why do you shop for what you shop for or buy what you buy? Send all of that and more in an email to myrockfight at gmail.com. We'll be back on Wednesday with more ideas that aim for the head. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. And here to take us out today, he, he almost didn't make it to Rock Fight HQ because it's cold and snowy out, I guess, like everywhere. But he did. And now Krista Makes is going to perform the Rock Fight Fight song just for you. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock Fight.